Hey everyone, Doug Ishikawa here, your host for the SP Streamer Pod. We're super stoked to be collaborating with Rotorballer this 2020 season, with the SP Streamer Pod joining the Rotorballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotorballer has been grinding away providing millions of fantasy baseball players their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotorballer's 2020 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all SP Streamer listeners can get 10% off Rotorballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code SPSTREAMER. Rotorballer is also home to number one Fantasy Pro's accuracy ranker, Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of the Rotorballer Draft Kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks. Tons of in-season tools and all of this fantasy baseball goodness from Rotorballer is available for 10% off with the discount code SPSTREAMER. Just go to rotorballer.com backslash SPSTREAMER and get your draft kit today. Welcome back to the SPSTREAMER podcast. Doug Ishikawa here, joined as always with my co-host, Mr. SPSTREAMER, Michael Simeone. Michael, you have left me a bit behind this past week. The only way I can describe it is like being in AAA with one of your good friends and you're both having a really good season and the coach calls you both into the office and tells you that only one of you is making the jump to the big leagues. And then they say to you, it's not you, Ishikawa, it's Simeone. Congratulations on joining the Rotographs team. Very proud of you. Could not be happier for you, friend. Thank you. Although I'm not leaving you behind. So you sound stupid when you say that. <laughs> well, you, you've made it. So all kidding aside, you know, this this opportunity, as Eminem said, comes once in a lifetime. So, so take hold of it and, and make sure that you write com- incomplete sentences, because now people are going to be reading you from all over the country. So no pressure to you. No pressure at all. right? Yeah, no pressure at all. No. <laughs> well, I cannot tell you how pumped we are today as we're bringing on yet another wonderful guest to our show today, a two-time friend of the pod. She's been amazing to talk with in our On the Bump series as she rang in our 50th episode. She was also fantastic as she joined our previous guest, Ellen Adair, on my favorite panel from Pitcherless's PitchCon Women in Baseball. Her performance in that PitchCon trailer might have brought a few tears to my eyes, but you know what? We're not going to get too far into that. But where doesn't she write is probably easier than telling you where she does because it's longer than your Costco grocery list. But let's try to do it anyways, as she's the editor at Dynasty Guru, a writer at Pitcher List over the monster, Prospects 365, Rotographs, and the voice on the Dynasty's Child podcast. She's an avid baker, a Miyagi-like master of discovering and writing about every team's prospects, a huge fan of the Boston Red Sox. She has six screens going on for watching baseball games each and every night. And you can follow her on Twitter at ShellyV underscore 643. It's Mrs. Shelley Verstraight. Welcome back to the show, Shelly. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, wow. I have I have no idea how to just respond to that intro, but th- thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Doug, Doug, do you rehearse these? I mean, <laughs> my wife loves it when I do these introductions because it is, I practice in the mayor every morning before I get ready for the day. And uh, she is a big fan of just listening to me talk to myself. So yeah, I, I do rehearse it a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, when you have a laundry list of, of accomplishments, you just have to, you have Read to them. tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like every time you do these intros, you're like flawless and it blows my mind. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part actor and like I've said to you before, um, I do have a voice for radio and, and I do have a voice, a face for TV. So I told you this <laughs> in one of the first episodes that we have that I am a double threat. So <laughs> If anybody, if anybody from Rotographs is looking to pick me up, how how are you? That's right. And how are you? You're how are you? in the bus co-host right there. There you go. Just put me in the corner and let me do introductions, and then I'll get out of the way for the rest of the podcast. Is pretty much what I do best. But tonight we're gonna do a couple of things. We're gonna get Shelly's thoughts on the Red Sox season so far. We'll play some fact or fiction with players off to a bad start, and as always, we'll wrap up the show by giving the people what they want with the world's best segment, the Shelly Verstraight Facts. So, Shelly, are you ready for, for the hot seat here on the SB Streamer podcast? Uh, Yeah, I, I think so. Let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> All right. 
that is the exact answer that we wanted to hear. Uh, and for everyone listening, we hope that you continue to follow all things SP Streamer on our site, spstreamer.com, or follow us on Twitter at SP Streamer. Join the Discord. Come hang out. Party with us every single night because Michael just got out of an AMA. You can ask him anything. Please make sure that you follow us and do what we do best because partly we're lonely, but partly because it's fun to talk about baseball. So follow us along as we go through this crazy 60 game season here. Let's get right into the show because Shelly's getting very tired of hearing my voice as well as my wife. So let's talk about the Red Sox season. Shelly, at the taping of this podcast, the Red Sox stand at 6-11. and 11. Last in that East Division, is this what you thought the season would look like when we started this? Um, maybe, maybe not. I, I didn't think that the Red Sox were going to be last, but I did think that the season was going to be uh, quite an uphill battle. Um, and, I mean, I did think that the, the pitching – uh, especially with the starting pitching. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> uh, was going to be uh, quite an adventure, and that it that it has. I mean, I think that we only have one legit starter, and Nathan Eovaldi. Um, Martin Perez has been um, – I feel like he's randomly really good at times, though. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, the last couple starts, he's been okay. He's been okay, but every time I watch him, I'm afraid that it's just going to just fall apart. Um, yeah, so it's 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 been really hard to actually watch the Red Sox, um, and, and and at least on the offense side, um, there's been a few bright spots. Christian Vasquez has been kind of interesting. Um, and that's maybe really about it. I mean, Xander Bogarts, um, you know. I, I love him so much, and he's been, you know, doing really well. Mitch Mullen's been hitting some home runs, um, but that's that. That's really about it. It's it's been really it's been really tough. What uh, are your uh, sorry? What are your thoughts on Devers' struggles? So he's been struggling late, and actually, um, someone asked me about him for our uh, the AMA for our membership. And uh, I was curious as to, I mean, have you looked into him at all or do you see anything watch, you know, watching him that makes you think maybe he really is not going to be that good this year? Or do you think he can, he's going to rebound? Uh, I, 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 I do think that he's going to rebound. Like I looked into him um, a little bit this, like this weekend. Um, basically um, he's not swinging. That's, that's really the big yeah, thing. I noticed um, that. Yeah, and like OO counts, like he is just, you know, he just has the bat on his shoulder. And pitchers are attacking him more. They're throwing him more strikes in OO counts than previously. So he's getting behind. Like he's definitely like 01, 11, you know, 12. So he's definitely a lot more like behind in the counts. And then I think that he just gets, uh, knowing that this team just is really not that good, he just starts to press. And he is just just swinging out of his heels um, as soon as he gets behind in the count. And that's, well, that's just not good at all. Um, so I just really do think that he just needs to kind of uh, actually start swinging more um, on that first pitch. Because, uh, I mean, mm -hmm. pitches are attacking him. And mm -hmm. I just think that he just needs to get over that hump of just – always feeling that he's behind and needs to carry the team because right. the pitching has gave up, you know, the starting pitch has given up three runs in the first inning. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you look at it and uh, go ahead, Michael. No, you got, got that. <laughs> well, I was just going to talk and move on to the next segment. If we were done talking about the Red Sox, because they well, make me sad watching yeah, them. As well, well, I was going to bring up who's kind of in the next uh, segment a little bit. And that's Ben and um, I know, I guess we're kind of like jumping into there, but uh, I wanted your, I hear Shelly's thoughts on Ben Cause he's gotta be like one of the most frustrating players. I feel like as a Red Sox fan. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he really is. I mean, when you watch him, like he looks incredibly lost. Like you just watch him and he just is just, he looks like he just has like a major like question mark over his, over his head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I like I, I took like a deeper dive down in like a uh, baseball savant and stuff. And he kind of has like the same problem as Devers does. Um, he's really just not swinging. And unfortunately, when he does swing, he's just really just really not making contact. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really bothersome because I think pitchers have realized that he cannot lay off the off-speed stuff, especially down and away. And they're just like peppering like the bottom of the zone with like change-ups. And he just, you know, he can't lay off. So he's just swinging over top like all of these change-ups. Um, uh, yeah, so he's also lost. Uh, <laughs> and he hit the he hit the IL today. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's actually a thing. Kind of. <laughs> probably not. They probably just like you need to sit for a while. <laughs> exactly, because it was like a bruised bruised like ribs or something. Um, but honestly, I, I do think that he's just going to be out for a bit. He needs to kind of clear his mind because he is he is totally lost. Yeah, Ben Detendi was one of those players who was coming into this year that a lot of fantasy players had a lot of question marks about to go yeah. with because he struggled so much last year as well. And a lot of people were kind of going in and, and faving him and thinking that maybe he was going to be given another shot. But now on this news that he's hitting the IL, does that mean like a, a Verdugo takes that top spot in the order? Maybe he belongs there the entire rest of the year just to see what he does? Uh, yeah. Uh, um Prior to the season starting, I actually wanted Verdugo to lead off. Uh, we uh, the, the Red Sox tried uh, Benintendi at leadoff mm -hmm. last year, and he massively struggled. Um, but then once they put him down further in the lineup, like around fifth or sixth, he kind of came back around. Um, I Honestly, I just think that Benintendi, just unfortunately, while he is a good hitter when he's right – I just don't think that he is a leadoff hitter. I think it kind of gets into his head a little bit too much, uh, thinking that he needs to perform because he's a leadoff hitter. Um, so uh, I, I kind of expected Verdugo to kind of take the the you know the the leadoff spot there. I just didn't expect Benintendi to be this ice cold. I think I saw that Benintendi said he prefers to hit second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, 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 now that you mentioned that, uh, yeah, he, he did say that. So I, I just, I just think that lead off. Uh, it's like a mental you know, thing. Yep. Yeah. I, I, yep. <laughs> so as we take a look around the league as well, there are a lot of players out there who are kind of having an Andrew Benatendi type of year. We did not bring up, uh, Devers in our next segment here, but I'm interested to get both of your takes and going like a little bit of factor fiction here that uh, on players that have gone off to ice cold starts, is this for real? Do you expect a rebound? Um, first player on the list, he did hit the IL as well. That's Madison Baumgartner. Are we thinking that this is it for Mad Bomb? Is, is, uh, should he just focus on the rodeo days ahead of him? Michael, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, I too don't know how real this entry is. Um, you know, he his fastball velocity is just gone. I mean, he's dipped to what I think it's 88 miles an hour now. And it's been decreasing over the past couple of years. And it's a big reason why I think he's been slightly declining. And we all gotta remember too, I've said this in the past, is that his arm has a ton of mileage on it. He has you know, when they were winning World Series, he was going so deep into those games and just racking up the innings. I feel like his arm is essentially like of almost like a 40 year old arm at this point. Um, so that's obviously his main issue. And, you know, he's always relied on, you know, the, the four seam cutter and um, the four seams just not producing at all anymore. And I just think he's toast. I mean, I was a little worried about the splits too, because he was always, you know, a lot worse when not pitching in San Fran and then he moves to Arizona. It's just like now he's basically not going to be playing there. So what is he going to look like? Um, so I was down on him coming in this year and, you know, seeing the results so far, I have, could not be more out on him and I do not think he should be owned. Shelly, you, are you dropping all your shares? Are you looking to sell uh, Mad Bum anywhere you can? Uh, yeah. If I had him anywhere, I, I would totally drop him and, if I could sell them, I totally would. I, I, 
you know, I totally agree with Michael. Like the from 2011 to 2016, so that's like what one, two, six years. He pitched over a thousand innings. Like that, that is a lot of mileage on that arm, and that's that uh, that innings count is just uh, just in season. That does not count uh, the the postseason um, that the Giants were going through. So yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, he's only 31 years old, but I, I just, I, I think, I really do think it's the end. Like he's lost two ticks, um, you know, basically yeah. off all of his pitches from last year. And it, it, it kills me to say this, but I, I do think that we are not going to see uh, the old uh, Madison Bumgarner mm-hmm. anymore. Not anymore. Conclusion on Madison Bumgarner. Fact, it is a nice cold start. Fact, he is Drop. looking to be done. <laughs> you know, looking at pitchers as well, uh, you have a guy like Matthew Boyd who uh, is just absolutely struggling for the Detroit Tigers. He pitched today, the date of this, uh, the taping, and he went against the Chicago White Sox. He gave up seven earned runs. He walked three. He gave up two home runs. His ERA standing at 10-24. Is this fact? Is is this going to be the Boyd boy that we're going to see for the rest of the year, or do you expect a rebound, Shelly? <laughs> uh, yeah, Matthew Boyd, like, totally um, has surprised me, and I'm just, like, really confused. Uh, don't tell my boss this, but I actually was watching the game while I was at work. <laughs> so was uh, I today. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it was just, it was, it was just, it was so bad. I mean, he gave up two leadoff home runs to the White Sox. And so I come home today and I'm just kind of like looking at things. And I, I, I can't really put my finger on what it is. Um, exactly. I mean, other than maybe it's maybe a, a pitch mix thing. Um, maybe it's just leaving pitches over the zone. I don't know. Uh, I just know that basically his, his, you know, bread and butter pitch, which was the slider last year, it went from a 42, uh, strikeout rate to 29% this year. And basically it, it, I just, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. And he's really confused because I really did think that he was going to have a big year this year. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I was in on him as well. I don't know if I was, uh, personally as high, but he, um, you know, what it is it, it, like just watching the game today. Um, like he started off nice. He threw, you know, I think it was two or three fastballs right away. And it was like top of the zone and, but then he goes to the slider and he just left it over the middle of the plate twice. And um, I, I I don't even know. I was looking at kind of um, where he was locating the pitches a little bit between this year and last year. And I mean, I would say it's over the middle more, but it's not too dramatic of a change. So I, it, right. kind of like you said, it might just be a pitch mix thing or maybe it's just because he really just relies on those two pitches so much and hitters just know how to go against them. Um I, I don't know. I mean, that really nice K walk percentage is completely gone from last year. And I feel like something's happening because again, his second half last year was nowhere near his first half. So something's going on. I think where these hitters just essentially know what's coming from him. Um, so yeah, like kind of like you said, Charlie, he's just really confusing right now. <laughs> um, but I mean, if it was me I, at this point, like do you, do you keep him rostered, Shelley, or are you dropping him as well? Um, you guys it, can't waffle on this. It's fact or fiction. It's not right <laughs> down the middle of the road like you make them back in. I need you guys to take a hard stance on this. <laughs> Shelley's more leaned into fact. This is done with uh, Matthew Boyd. Michael is walking right down the middle of the road. Shelly, help help him out a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, in a in a redraft league, especially like this, this like really short season, I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of thinking you kind of cut your losses and just maybe he'll figure it out later, um, and maybe you can pick it back up. But he is just so so confusing and honestly, just not you. You can't use him right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if I had, I, I don't own him, but if I did, I think I'd be dropping him. There you go, Michael. 
a hard line getting rid of Matthew <laughs> Boyd because this next player, he has probably one of the best Twitter accounts out there. He's a fun guy to watch, but Andrew McCutcheon from the Philadelphia Phillies is definitely struggling this year. Where are we uh, kind of residing here with Andrew McCutcheon for the rest of the year? You want to take a show? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I love Kutch. I mean, how who who doesn't love Kutch? Um, I, I kind of like looked more into his numbers a little bit. Um, uh, basically, his ground ball rate and his infield fly ball rate are the highest of his career, which is definitely not something that you want when you're, you know, uh, thirty three years old coming off. Um, you know, uh, major knee surgery because he he probably doesn't have the speed to beat out those ground balls and especially, you know, infield fly balls are essentially just like a strikeout. Um, so and he's really not even getting everyday playing time. He is playing left, but the the, the Phillies are playing Jay Bruce more mm-hmm. than they're playing Kutch. Um, so unfortunately. I, I would I would be moving on from 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 Kutch because I, I honestly I think the Phillies are too. Yeah, I mean I agree. Um, like kind of what you said. I mean I mean he's he's not even walking nearly as much. Um, he's not hitting the ball as hard. I mean he hasn't hit a single barrel yet. Um, and he's just whiffing more. I just think um, unfortunately, like you said, he's he's like a lovable player. And um, I think some people were a little, you know, still hoping that he could produce something. But um, I think he's kind of at the end of his career at age 33, um, which stinks because you always see those videos of how much fun he has playing. Um, Yeah. yeah, So he's kind of like a like a Beltray, just kind of messes around all the time, which is cool. Um, But, yeah, I mean, fancy wise, he's another one that I think I'm just stepping away from. Yeah. Let's move forward and talk about Mike Miner. Last year, he had a really good year for the Texas Rangers. He kind of flies under the radar every time that you bring him up. But last year, he went 14-10. and 10, And this year, he's right out of the gates, 0-3. He's just having a really hard time right now. His ERA is at 549. He's just not doing um, the expected uh, you know, stats from a Mike Miner right now. Are we... So far down the list, we're we're saying that these ice cold starts are for real. So if you if you're owning any of these players, it might be a good thing to maybe get rid of them or to trade them or to package them. Um, are we feeling the same way about somebody like Mike Miner? It would be easier if we start with players so uh, or people's names. So let's go with Michael. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I noticed something interesting in Miner. So he took a step forward last year, really. Um, it was because he had a really good four-seam change-up combination. And what's weird is he's kind of going away from that so far this year. Uh, I noticed he's going to a slider more, which I found a little interesting because, like, it worked so well for you last year. Um, you know, why kind of move away from it? But I still have a little hope for him. Um, I think... You know, just uh, again, it's it's tough because we're in a shortened season, so these these underlying metrics don't really mean so much right now. But they also, it, you have to kind of just try and look at them because it's a short season, so you got to make you know you got to react somewhat quickly. Um, so so I mean, based on you know just based on like FIP and stuff, I mean, it shows that he should be better going forward. Um, you know, I like this game he plays in. The K rate is still there. He's walking a little more, um, but I, I would hold for now. Um, I'd be a little skeptical though. I'd like to see him go back to the changeup more, and if he does make that pitch mix, then you could have a little more faith in him. I think, but if he doesn't, I think at some point he might. I mean, I think he's still rosterable, but I think he's not going to be what we thought he would be. Shelly, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree. Like, I, 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 I really would love to just ask him, like, why he's moving away <laughs> <laughs> from the changeup and going to the slider. Uh, because that combination last year was, it was just like really clicking. It was just, it was, it was beautiful to see. Um, 
Michael's a little bit more uh, positive than I am. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would drop him. Um, I mean, his, his, his velo on his fastball is down just, just, just a little bit. I mean, velo and all those pitches are kind of down a little bit. Yeah. And I just, I, I wasn't really believing what I was seeing last year, to be honest. Um, he's 32. I, I honestly would try to move away from him, but I mean, if you want to hold him, at least out of the guys that we have talked about, um, he might be like the first one that I would be kind of okay, kind of holding out to see if we have like some more info. You know, my college professor always told me and always told my bunch of friends that I had that it was always okay to agree to disagree. So this was the first <laughs> disagree that we've actually ever had on the SP Streamer podcast. <laughs> Shelly, you're both barely over the exact line. Um, Shelly, is, uh, how are your dogs doing right now? Uh, they apparently disagree with uh, with me and agree with they are, Michael yes. on my mic. So that means I, I win. Yes, exactly. so Michael wins on that one. Let's move on and talk about Glebar Torres from the Yankees. You know, he doesn't get to play the Baltimore Orioles every day, but he is another player out there that is just off to an ice-cold start. Um, where are we on the lines of Glebar Torres, Shelley? Um, yeah, he's... He's kind of he's kind of interesting. Like I took a mini deep dive uh, for this pod today, uh, just kind of looking to see what's going on. Um, basically, he, he's swinging less in the zone, which um, is not really that great. Um, and then also when he is swinging in the zone, he's making less contact. So that's like double not great. Um, and he's like really getting beat on sliders. Um, like that's like really been his pitch. Like uh, last year he was hitting like close to 300 against sliders. And now he's like, you know, in the one hundreds so that he's just like really just getting beat by those things. Um, and uh, oh, he's also getting beat by southpaws. Uh, he's only hitting one uh, 19 um, against them. So it's just it's just really not that great um maybe he needs to face some more you know baltimore pitching that he's only faced them twice so uh, so sorry he's only only faced them twice so maybe he just needs to just kind of uh face some orioles pitchers but uh i i i i do think that this is just kind of a funk for torres I, i do think um that he does have like a lot of talent and he's just in one of those funks at the beginning of the season. So we notice it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I felt like, I mean, we all knew some regression was most likely going to come with him. Um, but I felt like we were kind of okay with that. And, um, yeah, I I think he's going to rebound at some point too. I mean, everything kind of looks on par with what he did last year. Uh, he actually shows a little bit better plate discipline and, um, you know, it's funny. He's someone who I think like, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but I feel like, I mean, obviously there's a human element to this. And um, last year, I, you know, my, my brother-in-law is a big Yankees fan. So I've watched a lot of Yankees games and I feel like anytime like Glaber, you know, needed to come in clutch or needed to have a funk, he was like really resilient. And um, I feel like he has that factor in him where he's definitely going to eventually overcome this and start heating up and becoming, you know, and start playing like he did last year. Yeah. So we're still buying into Glebar Torres. We're just hoping that he uh, he gets it together. He was moved down in the order by Aaron Boone. So he, he was originally at third. Now he's at six. So maybe he figures it out lower in the order with a little bit less pressure on, maybe with less uh, you know runners on base for him. But this next player, you know, as we were headed into drafts this year, Charlie Morton was somebody who was just outside kind of maybe the top you know, 10 to 15 starting pitchers. He had an exceptional year last year. Um, I know he was going into this year and thinking that this was going to be his last year. He had said that to a couple of reporters uh, out of Tampa Bay that maybe this uh, 60 game season would be his last. Maybe he's acting like that right now. And he wants to just, you know, go play golf or something right now because his, his uh, season thus far has been a tough one. Where are we on, on, on Charlie Morton? Do we think that this is a for real thing for the rest of the year? 
or, or do you think that he'll rebound uh, in, in the next couple of starts that he has lined up, uh, um, Michael? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think he's coming back soon. I know he's on the IL. Um, but, I mean, he seems to have some issues with his command on his curveball so far. It looks like he's leaving the zone a bunch, and it's not performing as well as it was last year, and that's like his key pitch. You know, he's really he's known really for his curveball. Um the ERA doesn't look good, but I feel like it really just came in one start if you're kind of looking at um, his game log. And, you know, I I really trust Morton's skill. I feel like it was it's always just a matter of health with him. It's about being healthy, and when he is healthy and on the mound, he's going to produce. And I still believe that. Um, you know, you can't deny his skill set, and I think when he goes back out there, if he is healthy, which, of course, is a big question mark, um, he's going to produce. So I wouldn't move him yet. I wouldn't really do anything um, this soon with him. But, um, you know, he's definitely a little risky at this point. But, I, you know, again, I, I, I believe in the skill set, so I have to have some faith in him. Shelly, what do you think about Charlie Morton? Uh, to be honest, the injury, um, it really does scare me. Um, I mean, because he has been injury prone prone in his career and I would just remember like that that last season with him with when he was with the Astros he had that that same injury and they took him um out of the starter role and I mean he did finish um uh I think he pitched in, like the last game of the World Series so he was like on the mound as the Astros you know won their World Series um it, it was and to me, when the Astros did not resign him and he went over to Tampa, I, I thought that that meant something um, just based on his injury stuff. Um, again, like last year, it totally proved me wrong. But just knowing that so far this season, like he's just hasn't really been the same and he's already, you know, on the injured list from a shoulder. And this is really like the last year of his deal. And he was saying that this was going to be uh, like the last contract that he was going to do kind of thing. Not that that has anything to do with this injury, but it's just like all of these factors. I'm just like, I, I honestly think I, I, I would move on. I, I love, I loved what he did last year. I, I just, I don't know. It scares me too much. What about if we move on to people that have been scaring us, a lot of people invested first round value in Cody Bellinger. So where are we with the struggling slugger out of LA? Do we think that this is something that is going to stick around the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, Dave Roberts, his manager says that he still believes in him. Um, Bellinger kind of came out of nowhere last year and everybody who had him or scooped him up uh, were probably league winners. He is just not produced the same way. Uh, Shelly, where are your thoughts on, on Cody Bellinger? Is he going to be the impact slugger that he was last year, or should we just temper our expectations and, and continue sliding him into our everyday lineups? Um, he He's very confusing. <laughs> um, I, I, I do think that he's going to, he's going to come around. Um, it, 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 it's basically he's, he's swinging a whole lot more. Um, he's swinging about six percentage points uh, more this year than he did last year. And he's actually making more contact. It's just like not really great contact, you know? So I just think that he just kind of needs to get, get on a roll and just kind of find, you know, how to make better contact. And I think that he will get there. Uh, I, I have faith in him. I saw what he did last year and I was amazed. I'm not expecting that, but I'm expecting kind of like, you know, a middle between 2018 and 2019 kind of production. Um, the Dodgers on a whole, I mean, kind of like outside of like Mookie Betts, it, it's been kind of a struggle from the offensive standpoint. But I, I just really do think that he's going to come around at some point. Michael, if I'm Rufio and Hook and I draw a line in the sand, are you old Peter Pan or are you or are Lost Boy joining me? There's nobody I, I don't know what I respond to that. Shelly <laughs> <laughs> um, has no idea what we're talking about, though. As far <laughs> as Bellinger, <laughs> um, 
You know, you know what kind of scares me a little bit? Um, I don't know if what you think of this, Shelly. So, obviously, his second half wasn't nearly as good as, sec- as his first half last year. Right. Um, I mean, but his first half was absurd. But anyway, it wasn't as good. And I, th- if I remember correctly, um, I think it worried him a little bit. And then he changed his swing. That's right. Yes. And before the season. So now I'm thinking like, did he get a little worried about his production? So then he changed his swing and now it's screwing with everything. And now he's not making good contact and hitting the ball hard. And like, that's, what's kind of worrying me a little bit with him. Um, but he is a really good player. So it's really tough and it's still super early. Um, so these decisions, this is what like this is what's driving me insane this year is making decisions so quickly because it's so hard to tell. Um, but I'm slightly worried. Obviously, you have to hold him. Um, I wouldn't probably trade him either because I feel like no one's really going to give you what you deserve with him if he does, you know, show up. Um, so I would hold and just hope for the best. But I am slightly concerned. This next player I have been holding and hoping the entire year because I am going off of the SP streamer, the guru himself, the Rotographs Masters recommendation where he believes so hard in Luis Castillo and his stat line from, uh, you know, from last year and going into his skill set for this year. Where are we off of his struggles? Because, you know, Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer right now are absolutely leading that Reds uh, pitching staff. We thought Castillo was going to be the ace. Where are we with him going for the rest of the year, Shelly? Um, I think, I think honestly, I think he should be fine. You, and uh, you should be fine, and he will be fine, and, you know, you should feel fine. Like, I, I was watching him, uh, well, last night. And, well, last night was not a good start. Like, he did not have a feel for that changeup. Like, that changeup was not where it's supposed to be. Usually, Castillo's changeup is, like, right below the zone, right? Right at the bottom or right below where he could just get all of these swings and misses. And it was just, like, just just off just a bit and it was just he just wasn't working and um i i I still believe uh i mean his his strikeouts are there uh he's not really walking too many people i mean it's kind of on par with what it was last year um basically i i do think that it's uh kind of a luck issue like his babbit last year was 262 his Babbitt the year before was 282. This year it's 393. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think Castillo is fine. It, I just think that it's just he's on, you know, just he's just found some really bad luck. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He, I'm not worried at all. Um, he's kind of doing what I was hoping to see from him too his K rates up, his walk rates down so far. Um, which is exactly what you want from him, you know, especially with the walks. Um, I think he just needs to get a little better feel for his pitches, but they're, they're still there. They're still phenomenal. I think, um, you know, it's just a little string of some bad luck or him just kind of getting the groove of things. And I feel like going forward, he's just going to be an ace still. So I'm not really worried about him at all. Well, you both made me feel very, very good about <laughs> selecting him now. So I will, I'll hang on to him. I won't drop him just yet. And we have one last player to go through. Have you, in this uh, little fact or fiction uh, scenario that we've had here, do you? I know I've made a ton of references tonight that have flown over both of your very young heads. <laughs> have, have either of? I mean, I've said Miyagi tonight and like nothing. I know. Who and, you know who Miyagi is? Good, I good just for you. sometimes I just ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> as, as anybody, when we got the, you know, when we we're talking about fact and fiction, it never went through anybody's mind. Did anybody ever watch the Beyond Belief show with Jonathan Frakes? No idea what you're talking about. Shelly, yeah. help help me out here. Tell me that you have. No, really? 
I have no idea. <laughs> wow. never well, you guys have to go and watch the. It, you have to go and watch the show because there's a compilation video out there with Jonathan Frakes for Factor Fiction. It's absolutely hysterical. Um, but make sure that you go check that out as well as we get to our last player here before I make any more references to tell you how old I am. Let's <laughs> talk say, about showing your age. <laughs> I'm showing my age. Let's talk about Trey Turner here. Uh, he's, he has been heating up as of late, uh, but a lot of players didn't draft Trey Turner for him to hit bombs. They drafted Trey Turner to steal bases, and he has just not done that this year. Where are we on Trey Turner? Do you want to start us off, Shelly? Uh, yeah, um, I, I am, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I mean, yeah, because we kind of have Trey Turner for stolen bases and he's attempted three stolen bases and he's been caught three times. Uh, I, I do like like this, this little kind of uh, heater that he's been on. Like he's, uh, he's hit three home runs. He's, he's still hitting the top of the lineup, you know, so he's, you know, getting those RBIs and runs. But yeah, he's, I mean, he, I, I, I watch a lot of Nationals games. So when he has tried to attempt to steal, usually it, he's out by a lot. And I just, I, I, I don't know what's going on there because th this has never been an issue. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm a bit concerned um, from the stolen base part of Trey Turner. Um, from the hitting part, I think that he'll be fine. It's just the stolen bases. Um, I I just don't think that he has a feel for it right now. I don't know. It's it's kind of odd. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I'm not worried about the hitting either. And it's it's weird with the steals. Um, and while I think eventually it'll come around and he will get the feel for it again, it's will it be too late? Where it's just you know because that's where a ton of his value is, and that's why you're taking him where you're taking him in drafts. Um, and with a shortened season, like if he doesn't get a feel for it until a month in, you're basically not going to get what you wanted and you're losing value right away. Um, so it, it, you know, it's, it's not great to see as of yet. Um, but I mean, I, I have faith that he'll come around. It's just a matter of when, but like I said, with the short season, even if he does, it's, you know, you're kind of at a loss. So if we take a look at the entire list that we just went through, we are thinking that Mad Bomb, uh, Andrew Benatini, Matthew Boyd, McCutcheon, Charlie Morton are all players that we think that if you can trade them, if you can get, get them off your rosters, if you can find value um, in moving them along, that would might be beneficial for your fantasy team. Players like Mike Miner, we think uh, to have some sort of a rebound, same with Torres. Bellinger Castillo and a little bit of Trey Turner there. Um, let's finish up our podcast tonight with what the people want. We have been warming up the entire time here. The seat is nice and ready for Shelly. Uh, it's going to be the hardest qu uh, hitting questions ever for you, Shelly. Are you ready for this right now? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> It, it's it's entirely uh, hard. There's a segment that I'm going to just let you and Michael talk the entire time, but <laughs> so let's scary. start. <laughs> let's start it off with one of the hardest hitting questions. What would you think, and what would you say, would be your best personal sports achievement that you've ever had? Um. Oh. Um. I I actually um I I hit a home run in in softball. And then, you know, also like in the like next inning, I made like this like really diving catch. I played third base. So I like this really diving catch like into foul territory uh, to, you know, to, to grab an out. And I never felt uh, so, uh, so good about myself at that time. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah. Bookends, offense and defense. Yeah, sure. Straight. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> like it. All right, I'll do the next one. Uh, who is your favorite? Or I feel like I worded this absolutely terrible on here. Uh, who is your favorite Boston Red Sox player ever? Uh, my favorite, uh, uh, Pedro Martinez, hands down. He is the reason why I am a Red Sox fan. Um, I, I grew up, I, my family's filled with Atlanta Braves fans. Um, and then there was like this one, you know, Saturday, like Fox baseball game that I just happened to turn on when I was younger. And it was Pedro Martinez facing the Seattle Mariners when the Mariners weren't really that great. But mm -hmm. besides that, uh, like he I think he struck out like 12 or 13 
batters in that particular game. Um, and ever since then, I have been a Red Sox fan. So by far, uh, my favorite Red Sox, uh, Red Sox player is Pedro Martinez. I like that because he's actually like one of my favorite pitchers of all time. Yes. And I'm a Mets fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did play for us for a little bit. Just for a little bit there. <laughs> Shelly, next question. Firing your way. the And you don't have to say us, but it will hurt our feelings if you don't say it's us. What's the favorite pot? I'm just kidding. But what's the favorite podcast that you've ever been on? Oh, Ever Michael just cringed when I asked you that. I love. I just love asking this question because I feel like everyone like cringes. Everybody's like, "Oh, you guys." <laughs> we really like you. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shelly. Um, honestly, if if I really have to say there there, I was on sleeper on the bus this this a uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, it was uh, like a Sunday one with uh, Justin Mason. Um, and uh, Jason Collette. And that kind of was like a dream for me because I've listened to that particular podcast mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. um, and just being able to, you know, talk with those guys on a podcast, that was kind of like, you know, fangirl moment right yeah, there. Yeah, that's awesome. Were you were you nervous for it? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I mean, I had talked to Justin before. Like, I've been on podcasts with him before. But mm -hmm. it was just kind of just knowing that I was on that podcast. On that one. Yeah. Exactly. I would totally be nervous if I was going on that podcast. Because <laughs> you know, like everybody listens to it. So exactly. <laughs> that's what makes it rough. Yeah. I listened to that podcast. Shelly, you were awesome on it. So, uh, you know, that we're totally fine with, with you saying that the sleeper and the busts are, are just way better than us. So that is totally okay with us. Michael, Michael's the nicest guy in fantasy baseball. I, I have Stop told people that. I'm, I am just the Jeff Probst of the entire thing. So, um, but this next, next area, I'm going to let you and Michael just have a moment here because I don't own a dog and I don't have that many questions on dogs. Um, if you want to talk about kids, we could talk about, Kids, uh, but, uh, kids, so. Yeah, let's talk about dogs instead. So, Michael, why don't you just take all the questions here? So here you go. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Uh, you have to say which which dog. So for those who don't know, Shelly has two dogs, Soto and Orsillo. <laughs> and they're both French Bulldogs, right? They are. Okay. My sister actually has a French Bulldog. Nice. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So between the two, who gets in the most trouble? Um, definitely Soto. He is, he's, he's a little brat. He's basically the little brother and he knows it. Um, so he definitely gets in the most trouble. So who's, who's younger between the two? Um, Soto, Soto. is younger. Soto is seven months and then uh, Soto so is four years. Oh, ah, so Soto's like a baby. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he still has, he still gets the, um, what do I call them? I don't know if everyone calls them that, but I call them the zoomies where you just like all of a sudden has a burst of energy and just runs around everywhere. Uh, yep. Yep. Those, uh, <laughs> those happen quite frequently and usually <laughs> right before a podcast. So it's, it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. All right. Who has, I, I'm assuming I already know who you're going to say, but who has the bigger personality? Um, I, I do think that it's uh, Soto, actually. Um, he He's just, he's so weird. I, I, <laughs> he's just so weird. And it, it's funny because Orsillo is very just kind of calm and cool and collected. Mm -hmm. He has like his weird moments. And then we bring Soto in and he's just the absolute opposite he he's much louder he's running all over the place he's acting weird so it's it's soto <laughs> did they get along right away uh no <laughs> no poor, okay yeah poor orsillo had had quite of a uh, a difficult time at first but they're they're doing much better now that's good all right who cuddles the most Definitely Orsillo. Orsillo is is my little uh, snuggle buddy. Uh, we always like to snuggle and watch baseball games together while um, Soto is doing like really weird things. But it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, who who loves strangers more? 
Uh, that would be Soto because he's just <laughs> lovable to everybody. <laughs> He'll bark at you when he sees you, but then he's like, oh, give me attention. So I feel like you're the perfect mix, like a dog that's very entertaining, but then also a dog who like is really cuddly and like snuggles with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one for you. Who barks the most? Uh, it, it would be Soto. He, he's, he's quite loud. Um, he, Orsillo was, it was very quiet as a puppy, very quiet uh-huh. as a dog, but Soto is very, very vocal and we're trying to get used to it. <laughs> I think I heard someone snoring earlier in the podcast. Do both of them snore? They both snore. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's lovely when we bring them, you know, in the bedroom to, to sleep because it's usually like a, a trio of snoring, either between my two dogs and my husband. So it's. Quite, <laughs> so it's, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> I, I just have to make sure I get to sleep first. <laughs> ah, smart. It's yeah. a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shelly, we don't have any more dog questions for you, but. You are off the SB Streamer hot seat, so we do appreciate you playing our little game here. It's always fun to get to know you, but you were a good sport about it, so thank you for playing. You were awesome. I, again, thank you guys uh, for having me on. This was this was great. I love talking, you know, baseball, uh, uh, French bulldogs, just anything. <laughs> thanks again for uh, having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Charlie. Really appreciate it. And before we get out of here today, Shelly, would you like to share any final thoughts, plugs, or mentions to the 7,000 different types of websites that you're writing for or anything that you you have upcoming that you want people to uh, to know that you're a part of? Uh, yeah. Uh, so you, you can follow me um, on Twitter um, at uh, ShellyV underscore 643. Um, I, I do have a going deep piece on Picture List uh, coming out, I think. I think it should be coming out tomorrow, maybe in the next couple of days. Um, but it's on uh, Jalen Beeks. And mm-hmm. I found like some like really interesting kind of things that he's doing uh, this year. Um, and uh, maybe you should possibly go pick him up, especially with all those strikeouts that he's been, uh, all those strikeouts that I've been getting on the, on that uh, awesome changeup and uh, forcing. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so that should be coming out within the next couple of days. Awesome. I will. Uh, I've had Jalen Beeks a bunch of times this year, but sometimes he he gets blown up a little bit. But he does strike out a lot of people, so I will make sure to follow that article. Make sure that you follow Shelly. Um, she does wonderful work all over. Make sure that you're giving her a follow on Twitter as well. Again, Shelly, we want to just thank you so much for joining our humble little podcast. Had a lot of fun getting to know you today and talking some baseball with you. Yeah, it was great fun. Thanks again for having me on, Michael. Congratulations again, and uh, I will see you tomorrow, buddy. Yes, sir. Another uh, On the Bump podcast. Yep, for sure. You're getting sick of talk- talking to me and seeing me every single morning, but that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings it. that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all there is for today's episode of the SP Streamer Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Thanks again for listening, to everyone. We'll be back with our On the Bump series like Michael was talking about tomorrow morning and as always if you enjoy this podcast and a platform that allows you to share and review us we would truly appreciate it for jelly for straight and michael simeone i'm doug Chicago. take care stay safe and we will see you soon <laughs>